Welcome to the Brand Ballers Podcast, where it's all about learning to build a brand that people understand. So we're doing a series on how to use your website to brand like a baller. During these six episodes, we'll be covering, number one, what is a website, past, present, the evolution, and how it affects your brand and your business. Number two, who the hell are you marketing to? And how does your website design and or functionality make that happen? Number three, setting up your website like restaurants, branding expert approach versus internet marketing where numbers count. Number four, user experience, one page versus multiple pages. Number five, maintenance, ways to keep your website fresh so your site visitors have a good experience and impression of your brand. And finally, number six, we're gonna talk about now what? How these topics have affected our own approach to our websites. And so today is topic number four, user experience, one page versus multiple pages. And I don't know if we're getting into web hosting, but that's kind of one of the things we, we might touch on as well. Okay. So anyway, so let's get to the importance of good user experience on your website and how this affects your brand. So Mike, why don't you kick off the, uh, the show with this part here? I hate, and maybe others can relate to this, of having to call customer support of a big company, speaking to robots, waiting for who knows and for how long. It just isn't fun. And Actually, I, had, I just had to do that yesterday. I had to do it as well, like two days ago. A lot of times, it just feels like the experience is just bad. And by bad, I'm just never happy. It's just like I'm on hold and I'm just waiting to talk to someone. It's not cool. It's a bad experience. And how does this relate to your brand? I mean, if you, if you do something like this, it's an experience that people will, will remember. And so when it comes to your website and who you are as a small business, you know, how are people going to feel when they interact with you? Are they going to feel good, calm, excited, annoyed, frustrated, confused? When, especially when you're just starting out, you have the, the ability to kind of shape things and mold things to get interactions or have people feel a certain way. So, what about when they... Oh, go sorry, okay, so go ahead. No, 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 no. I was just going to keep on rambling, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I should interrupt next time then. But, uh, but well, what I was going to say was, what about if someone is not starting new? Like, what if I've already had a website and I've already kind of messed up my user experience? You know, what, you know, I, I guess uh, not so much what we can do because we can maybe talk about that later. But, you know, how does that make it? I don't know. Is that fixable? I guess is my question. I think anything's fixable. And, and that's the idea of just trying to get feedback from people that you've done business with or you haven't been able to convert with, right, to do business with. So where did I go wrong? And you try to figure it out. And that kind of leads to like the next thing about the importance of a good user experience has to do with the elements of user experience. So usability, accessibility, performance, and design of your website. In general, if people can get information they need quickly and easily, then you're doing a great job. And so that's the thing where you can look at what you've currently done if you, if you have something. If it sucks or if, if you find it frustrating yourself, then maybe you should go back and, and change things up a little bit. Just to give an example of something what's quick and, and, and great for people is this idea of taglines that focus on major problems uh, of, of your client, of your target audience. Something like a, a headline that really sticks out, it just shows that you know someone's immediately seeing that you're relevant and that you're offering a service. They know what it's about and how it could maybe solve their problem. So is that more like um, accessibility in terms of the, is that more, I don't know what you mean by accessibility exactly, but you know, when you say that it's more just um, helping to identify the correct uh, target market almost, right? You want, you want to make sure that your target market actually knows that when they get there, 
this is the place for them. Yeah, maybe I just use these. I, I was trying to think of fancy vocab words here, but I would say when you go to... <laughs> trying to prove my English language. It's, do that again. Yeah, I know. I messed up now. So anyway, I think the idea is like this. You go to a website, and if it's very clear what it's about, that's a great thing. Accessibility is, to me, has to do with, okay, I've landed on a page, what's next? And a good call to action. Sometimes you mess up where you just focus on, okay, I'm going to write some great content on the home page, And then if you think from a user's perspective, they're reading it, and then it's like, okay, well, what do I do now? Do I just go, do I contact him? What you could consider is, is trying to help you know, maybe think of a, a homepage is to warm people up to some kind of idea or, or topic that you want to talk about and to learn more drives them to the, you know, your service page that kind of goes into more detail and the detail that they really need to see before they can say, okay, this is a person I'm going to waste another 10 minutes in contact and send an email to them. Oh, okay. I understand. So it's more about the um, once someone gets there, at what point in their, I guess, decision-making process are they, you know, are they in? And then once they get to your website, are they going to find that information that says, oh, yeah, right, that's what I wanted to find? Boom. Kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Awesome. Cool, man. All right. So let's get to this thing about uh, one-page versus multi-site uh, websites. So the idea of just having a one-page website, the advantage of it is that it's less content. It's easier for you to maybe just create yourself. And the idea is you try to encapsulate everything into one page. Uh, so this would be a quick approach, I would say, and you're not trying to say more than what's necessary. So you get off of the rambling kind of path. Like the podcast. Yep. <laughs> but the, uh, but, okay, so one page meaning like, Everything that you want to include is like on one single page instead of like, instead of how most websites are where you have the navigation. When you click on that, it actually goes somewhere else to another page. In this case, when you click on something, it actually just scrolls down or it goes to a certain part on that page. Yeah. If you think of services that you need, let's say, for example, like taxes, I need someone to help me out with taxes. If I can see really quickly that someone specializes in taxes for, for, uh, for small businesses of one to two people, uh, then I know, oh, okay, that's great. And to be honest, like, I don't even know what questions I need to ask. So I just want to get in touch with them and kind of explain my problem and know, you know, can you fix it for me or, or, you know, deal with my taxes. So in that case, very quick website is really all you need, just something to show that you look good and, and you've kind of just nailed that pain point of, of me. Sure. It's almost just like a, just, just, it's almost just having a landing page that people are just going to get to. And then they think, okay, yeah, this is the next step for me is that I want to contact them. And, mm -hmm. and so your website is clear enough for them to do that. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. Okay. And then let's talk about multi-site, uh, I'm sorry, multi-page websites. The advantage of this is that you can go into more depth uh, with explanations of your products and services. And I would just say the, just think of this as more as like you're writing a book. Uh, the advantage to this is that you're going to have more detail for your audience and also for Google you know, sometimes people, before they make a decision, they really want to read a lot about what it is that you have to offer and make sure that it's something good before they actually invest more time in trying to contact you or before they give you money. And then when it comes to Google, if, if you want to become uh, search engine friendly, you want to be found on Google, uh, you got to write. So you've got to spend a lot of time and energy to, to put some stuff up that's relevant. And this isn't about just five pages. This is really thinking, okay, I'm going to write a lot of information, uh, pages and pages worth. And usually, 
I don't know if it's the same for you, but for me, whenever I'm searching on Google and I and something comes relevant uh, to like something I'm searching for, it's usually from a website that has uh, hundreds of pages, uh, hundreds of blog posts, for example. I think I think it's more the content more so than the pages because, for example, when I think about the uh, the web the website that the law firm had that I've been working with, their website was filled with stuff, but a lot of it was I don't know if it was. You know, it wasn't very, I guess, clear as to what they did exactly because there's just so many different things. And then the stuff that they put, I felt that it was so generic in terms of just, you know, if you looked on any legal website or any other website, they'd probably be very similar. So I think that if you do that, if you add that information, you do have to, I guess, I don't know, I don't know about personalizing, but customizing or at least, you know, talking about it in a way that the people, your target market knows that, you know, exactly what you offer and how you offer it. And then maybe just how you're different then I maybe you can include like things like testimonials whatever but I guess that's more the content but uh, in terms of the website itself uh, having all that content there you do have to still think about okay well who is it exactly for and stay focused on including information that that person is actually looking for it's actually relevant to that person and that word that you just said uh, focused whether it's a it's a one-page website that you're making or a multi-page the idea is you really got to focus on that problem you're trying to solve or that target audience that you're uh, that you're working with. Just to wrap this piece up, uh, you know, one page, multi, multi, uh, multi page websites. The whole idea is that you want to just explain your product or service in the most uh, convenient way possible for your clients and also for your, you know, think about yourself and what you can handle. If you really want to do the online business and uh, and put in a lot of time, a multi page website is going to have some benefits in terms of online marketing. Uh, but especially when you're just starting, uh, you know, just having a brochure, uh, a one page type website that looks professional might be the good way to go. Right. Nice. Okay. So how about some action steps for people to take away from the podcast today? So with uh, what I was just saying before, I think a good, uh, a good tip for people just starting up is to just start with a smaller website and build up. So many successful websites are one-pagers because they're quick and easy, um, and, uh, and they just kind of drive right to the point, and a lot of people enjoy that. So, for example, like you said, the tax thing. So if I were a tax accountant specializing in small businesses, I would just say, um, you know, whatever, Acme tax or something like that. Uh, we specialize in tax returns for small business owners of, you know, one to two people in size. Here are some of our, here's some of our, the work that we do. Um, here's how to get in touch with us. Basically kind of like that. Yeah, I think so. And if you could, okay, here's a, here's a sort of a scenario. So let's say uh, there's a small business network. So a bunch of small businesses working together and maybe they have some kind of community online and you've been able to work with a couple of these people. I think if you create a one page website that kind of said, I, we, I specialize in helping small businesses with their taxes in this location. Uh, these are some of the people that we've worked with. They might be friends of yours. So you're kind of showing like who you've done the work for, uh, what the services you were providing. I think they would get it and they would say, well, I think other people would naturally think, oh, if they're helping those people who have a similar business as me, hey, they must know my situation. So I'll just get in contact with them. Yeah, social proof. Yeah, 
so the second thing is just to make it easy for your audience to take actions. So if you want people to call you, just make your phone number easily accessible. So Carl, like what you do on the top of uh, your website is you put your phone number in your email. It's just very easy to contact you. Nobody ever calls though, by the way. <laughs> just, just like you know, nobody actually calls. You just email, but you know, it, it's there. If the, if the option is there. If, if you're listening, please call just to let me know that you've actually seen it. But uh, <laughs> no one wants to deal with the uh, long distance phone bill. <laughs> no, exactly. Like Canada, I'm not calling Canada. Yeah, yeah. It's, but aside from you, I have heard from, from others that, especially if they're doing a local business, that having that phone number, it's helped out a lot of people because, you know, if someone lands to your website, they see that sort of, oh, okay, this person helps with my kind of problem and the phone number's right there. There's a lot of people out there that just want to call you immediately and just explain their situation and just see if that works. And that's part of the strategy of your website. The website is not supposed to do all the business for you of, of trying to make sales. It's supposed to help you. And if you can, if it can help you to get people to call you, that's a great thing. Right. Okay, awesome. Okay, so what about the third and final action step? Again, is just to make sure each page has a call to action. Uh, it helps to keep people moving forward. So the one thing you don't want to do, and I experienced this when I was redesigning my website, is that... Uh, I would create a home page or, or sort of a sub page. For example, my services page, I would just list out my services and explain what, I, what we do. And then I stopped. And the problem with just stopping and not having a call to action is that you're kind of missing out on getting, giving someone an opportunity to just learn a little bit more about you or doing something like subscribing to maybe your newsletter or something that could inform them with more valuable information. So I think this idea of you know, we want to have good relationships with our clients or our prospects. Uh, you know, that's given. We all need this for business. And so the idea with a website or any marketing is how can I keep on building on top of something that I've done previously? So I think we call the actions and helping this idea of just driving people from page to page kind of at least gives the opportunity to, you know, inform people more about what you're doing. Right, which, uh, which ultimately impacts your brand in a positive way because people then realize that, okay, this person is actually very helpful or this company is helpful. They're providing information and they're making it easy for me to take the next step. And that is this episode of the Brand Ballers Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to get fresh new episodes each and every single week. And please let us know if you have any questions or topics that you'd like us to cover. Thanks for listening to Brand Ballers, learning to build a brand that people understand.